Blog Talk Radio. The following has taken place during Total Sports Live. March Madness, more specifically the 2015 NCAA tournament, which began this week, had a lot of surprises on the first day, Thursday games, a ton of upsets and surprises, and Friday night, a lot of games were a little really dull, but then Saturday night came, and Villanova once again disappointed everybody in brackets were, in brackets were destroyed, in brackets were destroyed, uh, destroyed unanimously. So we're going to talk about that on the podcast. Also, in the podcast tonight, we're going to talk about the Big 12 Conference. The Big 12 made themselves look really, really bad this this weekend, especially on Thursday and then today. Kansas laid a big boo-boo, as you like to say, while saying the S word out here in these streets. And uh, and last night, we're going to talk about UCLA. They won their first game on Thursday night by a fluke call. We're going to talk about that call and see what you guys think about that. We're also and we're also going to ask the question: Do you believe the Bruins still should be in the tournament, or should Temple hold this by a Temple today beat George Washington at this morning in the NIT to move on again? And the Owls are playing with a purpose now in the NIT title. So we're going to talk about that all that and more on the Total Sports Live podcast. But if you want to get in and call in, you can call in at three two three six four two twelve fifty six three two three six four two twelve fifty six. The number sounds so weird to say. Like we haven't been using this for a while, but without further ado, let's bring on my co-host Angela Montoni joining us here on the Total Sports Live podcast. Angela, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing fabulous. Temple won today. I know I'm in the minority, but Villanova got bounced. It's a beautiful day in my neighborhood. <laughs> I, I I definitely I definitely I definitely know that probably uh. It probably made you excited to see that happening, and you know, probably a lot of people, a lot of us, kind of cried too at the same time. Like, oh my god, I, I was, can't believe. My heart was like so, like, 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 like messed with from between Maryland and Louisville that, like, I, just, I had to take a break from it. I didn't even watch the Villanova game, but I don't, don't really get that surprised. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna let's like, well, let's already, let's already, uh, let's already get this underway. Let's talk about the Villanova game. Villanova, they blew out Lafayette, which was understandable. They blew out Lafayette, uh, blew them out 93-52. to 52. That was not surprising to no one. But they came back around and get basically, I don't want to say this word, but they got manhandled. I don't want to say this about this team, but they got manhandled 
ain't got manhandled. As I said, watching this, uh, seeing the highlights from last night, and 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 catching and catching replays and stuff, they uh, they did not look good. Uh, got man, they got man, they got uh, manhandled. They got out hustled for rebounds. They took ridiculous shots. The Villanova was still forcing three pointer, and they act like they couldn't withstand uh, NC State. NC State was literally did not run the offensive set. They was literally running uh, they was running street ball out there. <laughs> Cat Barber and Trevor Lacey was just taking the Villanova guards off 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 of the ISO and just one on one crossing them up and having them move, having their, uh, their feet jumping every which way. But uh, let's talk about last night's game, Angela. I know you've seen the highlights from last night. You probably listened to Sports Radio and probably read what happened last night. What happened to the Wildcats last night in Pittsburgh? It was a beautiful disaster. <laughs> but, no, you're right. They got manhandled. They just got taken to the woodshed. It was it, it, the difference because I, I did watch their first game. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> but, like, the difference, like, the way that they played between the first and the second game, I don't know, they were just kind of unrecognizable. No, you're you're right about that. Between the first and the second game, they you're right. They were uh, – it, it was like – it was pretty much – it was pretty much day and night. And when we look at um, we look and we look and we look at how they were day and night. Uh, as I said, they blew out Lafayette ninety three to fifty two. Three point shot was falling. All all five players were in the um, all five players were in were in double figures. They they were they pretty much had destroyed. They pretty much destroyed Lafayette. But then last night they were down for most of the game. They were trying to force a three point shot. They couldn't get rebounds. And looking closer, more in depthly into the stats of this game, it, it it really showed you how bad this team really got dominated got dominated on the boards. Malik Malik Abu uh, Abu had a um had a, had a great game, just crashing the boards. Trevor Lacey and Cat Barber did their job against Dylan Ennis and Ryan Archidiakno. They pretty much made them look like not a factor, especially Archidiakno, who was named Co Biggie's Player of the Year. He pretty much did not look like the Big East player of the year, and Villanova just seemed off. I don't know if they underestimated. If, I don't know if they underestimated NC State, or did they just not come? Did they, if they just did not show up to play. And this is despite despite Darren Hilliard going off for twenty seven points last night. Twenty seven points, but here's the problem: Ryan Archidiakno, four points. Two eight from the field, four assists. Dylan Ennis six points. Daniel Ochefu four points. Hilliard twenty seven. Pinkston thirteen. Josh yeah, Hart with five. Yup. You want to look at NC State? Abu thirteen. Cat Barber thirteen. Trevor Lacey seventeen. Leonard Freeman eleven. It's hard to look at the assists that NC State has too. So, you know, uh, like, that, that offensive spread, like, that's all panning out to, like, them sharing the ball. Sharing is caring, guys. Well, only had seven assists. That's not that, – that reads to me like there were one too many players that were taking a lot of hurry shots. I mean, you have one, like, Ennis mm-hmm. goes zero, over six from beyond, like, two over three, over two. Like, that just screams to me that there were a lot of desperation shots in that game. And the problem with that is – in basketball, you're you know, you can't really let them die by your perimeter shot, only because at some point they're not going to fall. 
right. and bounce wrong. You have to be able to get inside. You have to be able to move it around. Like you're not really gonna you're not gonna win many games with only seven assists, but it, it's not really gonna build well for you in what's you know, the biggest college basketball tournament of the year if you only have seven assists as a team. Yeah, definitely. You can't you can't win basketball like that. And 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 they got out rebounded. Uh, what's the name? Destroyed them in the rebounding category, forty five to thirty two. And then defensive rebounds got destroyed thirty two to twenty. As you said, t- uh, they they didn't they didn't share the ball a lot, despite only having five turnovers. If I told you that Villanova would still lose and he only had five turnovers in the game, probably would have called me crazy. But it happened. They shot 31% yeah. from the field. They just looked horrible. And part of my problem with Villanova last night was it's like they were allergic going to, as you said, they depended on the perimeter shot too much. It's like they were allergic trying to go to the, they didn't, they didn't want to go to the basket. Even when they got the rebound, instead of putting it back up in the rim, they forced it out for a three-point shot. Why? Yeah, I mean, if you're not, if the game, you're not like in a situation where, you're that far down where you have to start popping threes. Don't put yourself in a situation where you have to start popping threes. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, anything no, under ten def- points. Basketball's def- a game of runs, and it just matters who gets the last one. Like anything, like ten points and under, you don't need to like you don't need to get desperate enough where you have to start like popping them from from way beyond. You know, you can try to like work it inside. Oh, Maryland's about to give me a heart attack again. Uh, <laughs> but. Anyway, I'm sorry. That that just kind of threw me off filter right now. But yeah. It's okay. I don't know. Yeah, you can put yourself in anything 10 and below. You can get back in it with, with juices, and you can work up, work your offense and, like, try to get underneath to where you know that you'll have a better shot of, like, percentage-wise making it because you're right underneath of it as opposed to, like, you're all the way in the corner, you're all the way out there. Like, you're not in the position where you have to do that yet. And when they started doing that, they put them in the position where they had to. And NC State played a, you know, Played a decent game. They didn't really. They pretty much have Villanova in almost every category except for the turnover. It's like the only one where Dillon right. and steals. Yeah. Right. They didn't really do anything fancy. It was pretty much just really basic basketball that they played. And this is an issue that yeah. has really caused me, which leads to my next question. This is leading to my next statement. And that is, as I wrote down, this is the second year in a row Villanova has been bounced in the third round once again. Why has this happened? They lost last year as a number two seed to number 10 seed UConn last season. And this season, once again, they fall to, they fall to, they they fall again in in the round of 32. What is wrong with the scene that they cannot get back to the glory days where they were, you know, when they went to Scotty Reynolds team and then the, the Allen Ray, Randy Foy, Mike Nardi team can go somewhere. This seems like they now they just can't get past this round of thirty-two demon. Well, they're 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 stagnant right now. I I know what that feels like going to Temple. You know, we had the years where it was like we we would get bounced in the third round. And I think mm-hmm. the one year we made it to the fourth. I think it was Ohio State, and there were like a lot of questionable calls because they wanted Ohio State because they were the number one seed at the game and. Shades of busted tournament dreams past. Uh, right. So I mean, I understand what that's like. That's frustrating as hell. I mean, at some point, you know, you would be like, "Well, maybe I just wish that we weren't." But 
I, I don't know. Like, of course, you never want to say that, but it's very deep. But I don't, I don't think any team really is ever happy if they go out like that, and then therefore they will be known as the team that had happy to be here syndrome. Mm-hmm. No, you're definitely right about that. And then I just pulled up the box score from last year's game. No, UConn was a seven seed. Excuse me, UConn was a seven seed. My mistake. St. Joe's was a ten. Okay, UConn was the seven, and just and this is a very scary similar situation that I'm reading between these two box scores. In the UConn game, Villanova shot 35 percent, while UConn shot 44 percent. Three point shots. Notice Nova shot 35 percent, while UConn shot 45 percent. And they were, and then again, they were beat on the they were beat on the defense on the on the glass in that game against UConn, and they turned over the ball 16 times. So I think the proof's in the pudding here, folks. Nova, when times get rough and scary, they depend on that three-point shot, and they do not crash the rebound. And it's the bad part is this is the same, same, same team from last year. And they and then, like you said, Angela, it's pretty much stagnant. It's stagnant. It's the same team, the same core. They get to this point, they don't go nowhere. So, I don't know. Where do you think Villanova goes from here, Angela? I mean, I had somebody mention to me yesterday asking the question, should Jay Wright get fired? I don't think that's happening in a thousand years. He's going to get fired from Villanova. But what can Villanova do to get past the round of 32? Because, I mean, think about it. Spot. You can get to the round of 32, but you got to get to the Sweet 16 one of these years. Give Temple their spot. That's the perfect solution. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Realistically, I mean, I don't even really follow them because it's just I hate Villanova, and I, I guess I'm just one of those, like, taking it really literal, like, student slash alum that took that rival really seriously, you know, also going to a couple of Mayor's Cups also cemented that feeling. Uh, but just from what I saw in that game alone, they just they it, and I don't really know how they measured off like the rest of the season because like I said I just don't follow them. But from that game mm-hmm. on, obviously they need to get some kind of more underneath presence. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's going to be something that people are going to focus on, especially for recruiting wise, and especially how this team plays next season because next season there is no more Darren Hilliard, as I believe he is a senior, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's a senior. Uh, yeah, he's a senior, so there is going to be no more Darian Hillier for Villanova. So we're going to see, because it's pretty much going to be the same group, and then minus minus Pinkston is pretty much going to be the same. This is pretty much going to be the same group coming back one more time. So let's see if they can get their action, their act turned around going into uh, going into next season. We have about 14 minutes left on the podcast, and... Since you brought up the Temple Owls, we're gonna skip the Big Twelve. We're gonna go right to those. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna uh, talk about the Temple Owls. Talking about Temple, we're gonna be talking about UCLA. UCLA is now making a running tournament, but after a bad call in their first game, Angela, I probably you you probably know you have saw the bad call that happened in UCLA SMU. Do you believe that was a goaltend? Oh, I don't know. They, 
So I was, I was out when I saw that, but I remember my reaction being like very like guttural to it. I mean, I just think it was a yeah. It. I don't. To me, anything that advanced the team that wasn't supposed to be there. Um, you know. I just think that all these like friggin' advances they have in the in instant replay and stuff, like it, it just seems that their angles are kinda of limited and then it's just I think there have been questionable calls all around in this tournament. Like uh-huh. you know, there have been plenty right. of plenty of blocks where it's been straight up. Like there have been seen a couple of goaltendings that weren't goaltendings. You know, I think like I don't know these are supposed to be the best refs that they have. And that's not really. I just. I definitely, I definitely agree. With you. I definitely agree with you. And I first saw yeah, it. Yeah, that I wasn't. That ball was in the air. That ball wasn't on its way down. Right. That's and that's, and that's and that's and that's the same and that's the same exact way I felt. I said I saw that ball in the air. I saw it in real time. Like there's no way. That was a horrible three-point shot by Alford, no relation to me. But I said that was a bad shot by him. He was off balance. He just threw that up in desperation. There was no way that ball was touching the rim or anything. That ball was going to go right mm-hmm. out of bounds. The poor kid from SMU, who's a senior, got caught That's in that he play. That's career there, yeah. It, no, it wasn't. Like, see, the thing is, I, I, I had to pull it up real fast to rewatch it. The, the up-top angle is is the deceiving one. Mm-hmm. Like on the up top one, it looks like it almost looks like it's going to go towards the net. But like looking at it again, I swear to God, it looks like it probably would have bounced off the side of it if it would have even hit the rim. Right. So I mean, it's not. That's not. That's different. Like that's not going up for a layup and someone taking the ball like, like as you go to bounce it off and just smack it down. Like that's a goaltending. Like the, mm-hmm. jumping up and hitting the ball out of midair. Yeah. No. So I guess that's your no, Cinderella no. story this year because they just keep they keep you know are given chances and yeah right yeah exactly they get they get they they so far have gotten uh they so far have gotten the lucky bounce but let's talk about let's talk about the Bruins in conjunction with Temple do you believe UCLA should still be in this tournament or that the Temple Owls should have took UCLA's spot at the 10th speed because I still think Temple deserved to be in that 10th speed and they're still showing that as they beat Georgetown this morning in the NIT. At a 11 a.m. start at the Leah Chorus Center, Temple gets the win over GW to move on as they're trying to get closer to Madison Square Garden to win the NS, to win the NIT title. Good job for the Owls so far. So what do you think, Angela? Well, obviously I was thrilled. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna actually, I was gonna go to the game, and then I thought to myself, with last night being my birthday, and I was like, you know, an eleven o'clock game, good foresight by me. But I ended up like crawling out of bed in time to start watching it, and I was, you know, of course I'm pleased with what I see. But does it still sting that they didn't get invited to the big dance? Yeah, of course it absolutely does, especially considering like we we talked about the UCLA and their record being, yeah, you know, and. and and all that. Like, I absolutely believe the Temple should have had their spot. Do I think Temple had a chance to, like, go super far and win it all? I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that either. But. Right. I, I mean, I think it's, I very they are steamrolling everybody in the NIT. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they're, I think they've got a point to prove, and I think they're doing it. 
And like yeah, so much no, based on like all the tweets I'm, that I read and stuff, you know, that's what that's what like it seems like it's coming off as, you know. That's fine. You we'll prove with we'll prove you like whatever it is. They're, they're just going off yeah, the there and it's it's amazing to watch. So I mean, does it suck that they didn't get invited to the big tournament? Absolutely it does. But to know that they have a chance to win the NIT, I mean it's not so much a big consolation prize. No, I mean, yeah, it's not a bad consolation prize because a lot of the teams use the NIT for a launching pad. A launching pad, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, I think. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think. I thought. I think that. Uh, I thought that. If I'm not mistaken, I thought that. Um, I thought that. Um, hold up. If I'm not mistaken, I remember. I think SMU won the NIT last year. And now okay. this year, they're playing in the NCAA tournament. So, they obviously use that as a launching pad to get back here. And maybe Temple's long run—that's how I'm looking at it. Maybe Temple's long run in tournament. If they so, if they beat and win this tournament, maybe that shows the committee next season. Well, hold up, this Temple team is really not that. Is really not that old. They're pretty much going to bring back the same core from next year. We got to make sure we keep this team on our radar because they just went through and won the whole NIT, and they're not that far away. They are waiting. Temple will play on March 25th. They'll be playing the winner of Louisiana Tech or Texas A&M. They get past that, they will be in the semifinals at Madison Square Garden at NIT. That's the best yes, case for Temple. If Temple can get there, I definitely think they'll. They definitely will put will put a little will put a. Uh, We'll put a little dot between, we'll put a little star between their name uh, when it comes to being on the selection committee next year if they come and play well next season because they're pretty much bringing back the same team next year. So we ain't got Villanova no more. The Sixers are still not playing well. So why not root for those Temple Owls, folks? Why not? Yay! So they can win a, so they can win a, so they can go ahead and win an NIT title. So we have about. We have about seven minutes left here on the podcast. If you don't want to call in, you can talk about NCAA tournament if you want, or the NIT if you're a Temple fan, or any other fan in NIT. You can call in at you can call in, excuse me, at three two three six four two twelve fifty six three two three six four two twelve fifty six. Let's leave this last seven minutes. We're just pretty going to just, just go off the top of our heads on this, and let's just talk about what has just the what has surprised you thus far in this tournament, Angela. Your bracket's probably blowing up like mine's is, but what has what has what has surprised you thus far uh, in this well, NCAA? My, well, my bracket actually just officially blew up. So you know that's a that literally I looked at the score off of the top of my screen and I was like, oh great, I'm screwed. Louisville's up by 12, but sadly Maryland has gone down. My picks are rather unconventional. There wasn't method to my madness. I figured I was either going to look like a genius or a fool, but I think you know by now that's like how I like to do my predictions. <laughs> and boldly stating Eagles will get 12 wins. I either like to look like a genius or a fool. So Maryland losing to West Virginia just pretty much cost it because the gambler and me told them they told me they were going to make it to the final four. I know. I know. I got told I was insane about a hundred times. So my bracket just officially blew up. I was until that I was in really good shape. I actually predicted a lot of the upsets. Like I wasn't phased by Iowa State. Like I called that one. I called um God, what the hell was the other big Hold up, you really called Hold up, you really called Iowa State over you really called UAB over Iowa State? 
Uh-huh. No way. I do because one of my it, it sounds completely stupid, but when I do like with, with matches I'm not sure about, like I compare the records and I'm like, well maybe they have a chance. And then if I'm really not sure who to pick, I do what I call mascot rumble, and I just imagine the two mm-hmm. teams' mascots engaging in a duel to the death, and which one will come out on the other end of it. It sounds stupid, but that's how I've actually predicted a lot of my upsets. And you know as well as I do that you can't go by seeding, you can't go by records. Wow. There's always some kind of element of luck in it, so that's why I said. When I get really stumped, because I, I just... They to me, from what I've seen the last few weeks, like they look like a dominant team. But I figure I just thought to myself, for whatever reason, I had this gut feeling that they were just going to run out of steam, and they did. Wow! I, wow! I should use that for next season. Mascot Rumble. I'm going to use that for next season when I do my picks. Just think of the two mascots I've done, it for, I've done it for three years. I mean, I've done it for three years, and I guess it's not really. It, I haven't had like too much success past a couple of days in, I mean, usually I'll, like, sit pretty in first place for about the first two days, and then it's, like, there are a couple of teams that I persist to go far that don't go far, which is exactly what has happened to me. Like, up until when Maryland lost, my bracket was still in perfect shape. Like, not perfect shape, obviously. I didn't predict every single one, but I was still in first place. Maryland loses, and that hurts me big. I'm pretty sure that my, my, my days are numbered. Well, my days are have been numbered. They're done. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just right. because, because and, you and can't really like it doesn't it doesn't always come down to logic. And if you sit there and you analyze every single number of every single team, you're gonna go cross eyed. Yeah. So I just try to make my no, life I, easier. And if I really get stumped, that's my method. So you know, there are the methods in my madness. Albeit sometimes it doesn't really work out. Sometimes you'd be surprised how spot on it can be. No, I mean that's a very I mean that's a very good uh. That's a very good. That's a very good way. To, that's a very good way to look at it. I mean, I never thought of it like that. And my biggest surprise probably was just how bad the Big Twelve looked. I mean, for I mean, for Christ's sakes. I mean, Iowa State loses to UAB. Baylor, watch that game. My God, could Baylor turn over the ball any morning? I got Baylor too. Wow. I mean, yeah, Panther can beat Baylor, there, Honestly, so yeah. I made the decision on Baylor pretty much like. Just based on record, I didn't really do much research on that one. I told you when I was on last week, I didn't even know if I wanted to do a bracket. I was so bitter about the Temple snub, so like I kind of got one like just handed to me instead of filling it out. So it wasn't the most researched one I've put together, but oddly enough, it was the most accurate one I've ever done. Again, right, and you're definitely <laughs> right about that. I mean, when I look at it, I mean. As I said, the Big Twelve was horrible. Baylor, I watched that game. My God, they gave the they gave the game to Georgia State turnovers. They literally played not to lose the lead. R.J. Hunter just put the team on his back. I mean that. I mean, um, pretty much my Midwest region was pretty fine until I picked Buffalo over West Virginia, and now Maryland lost, and you know, in Kansas lost, and you know. I had Kansas losing today, too. <laughs> yeah, you're just so lucky. I mean, I think a shocker can be that. Yeah, no, no, I will, I will so, not yeah. even try to front about that. A lot of this, a lot of it's luck. I'm not even going to try to be like, well, no, I did my due diligence. Absolutely not. I will claim, like, about, yeah, about 75% luck on <laughs> some of those, like, outrageous picks I made. Like I said, I handed my bracket yeah. back to my boyfriend. He was like, are you insane for this? I don't even want to hand this in. Like, why are you paying for this? And I was like, just put it in. Mascot mascot fighting. That's all it comes down to. Mascot, mascot brawl. Right. Mascot rumble. That's how you pick your brackets, folks. 
Mascot Rumble. That's how you pick your brackets. We have about two I minutes left here. And, uh, <laughs> we do, we do. We need to come up with like some kind of like some kind of like some like kind of ESPN game, Mascot Rumble. Pick your. If you have a problem picking your bracket, you can do Mascot Rumble. <laughs> Copyright, copyright, yeah, Mascot Rumble right now. Copyright. No one's allowed to use that. That's mine. <laughs> B, that's a, a copyright. Copyright, Mascot Rumble. I think that kind right of is effective. I don't know. I said it on air. It's recorded that I said copyright. Who knows? Yeah, Not really up on my cat walls. <laughs> we have uh, we have about two minutes left here on the podcast. So pretty much my bracket's pretty much blue to like blue to the smithereens. Virginia lost. Nova totally just killed my shit. So, yeah, excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. But, yeah, pretty much just blew up my yeah, bracket. Thanks, so, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, those, it's one of it's those sad those days. Bracket. It's <laughs> one of those sad days. But that's going to wrap up the Total Sports Live podcast here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. We had a good one, actually, a very good podcast today. Just sitting around talking sports. Who wouldn't want to do that for 30 minutes, you know? Whatever, just talking sports. Good old sports, March Madness. Hopefully when we come back to you guys next week, we'll be talking more about more about stuff in the Philadelphia sports. It was a quiet week, but, hey, you'll never know what's going to happen. Baseball season about to start soon, so we'll probably be talking about some Phillies, and we'll see what the Sixers are doing. Don't jinx it, Jerron. Yeah, we're not. We have, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Nah, I'm not jinxing. I'm gonna knock on wood right now. Knock on wood. Oh yeah. Also, if you didn't, if you didn't check out the Monday morning conversation, you could check that out with me and Angela and Adio on there and Adio's friend on there as well. Um, and here's the big news. Angela's part of TotalSportsLive.com, so be prepared for stuff coming from her in the next coming days. All right, guys, we'll check you later. On see you next Sunday at 11 o'clock here on Block Talk Radio. See ya. Bye, everyone.